0: God, in his kindness, in his goodness, has prepared things for us to do that we might share in the joy of administrating his kingdom on the earth. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I'd like to ask a question. As we start this new year and we think about what is ahead, I would like to ask you, what is written in heaven's books about you? Psalm 139 from verses 15 to 16 say this, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So there's this concept in the scripture that God has written our days for us. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, it says this, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And I want to encourage you today that there are things written in heaven's books about you, that you have been uniquely created by God to bear his image in a way that only you can do. And when you authentically express who God made you to be, you give God glory in a way that only you can. You present him to the visible world in a way that only you can. And God created us for that purpose, to be the visible manifestation of his goodness, of his life. And that's only realized in Christ because apart from Christ, our spirits are separated from God. We can't be joined to God. We can't be indwelled with the life of God the way that God intended us to be. But when we become indwelled by the Holy Spirit, we become the expression of God's life on the earth. And God has a way for each of us to uniquely manifest and demonstrate His goodness, His kindness, His love, and His life. And God has written things about you in His books in heaven that are for you to go and accomplish. Now, when it says, in Revelation that he saw books open, and then there was another book open, which is the book of life. I just want to affirm that I'm not suggesting that these works somehow merit salvation for us. Jesus Christ and his sacrifice alone is how we are saved. We're saved by grace alone. It's not by any good works that we could do. Yet God in his kindness, in his goodness, has prepared things for us to do that we might share in the joy of administrating his kingdom on the earth. Ephesians chapter two verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has set us up to enjoy his life and to manifest his goodness. And there are things written about your life in heaven that God has called you to do. In John chapter 3, John the Baptist's disciples are upset because more people are going to Jesus than they are coming to him. And John responds to them by saying, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. And so John the Baptist was only interested in doing the things that heaven had given him to do. Jesus said in John chapter four, I can only do what I see the Father doing. So John wasn't concerned about how many people were baptized by him or how many people were baptized by Jesus. He wasn't territorial about what was his versus what was Jesus's. He said, look, all I can do is what has been given me from heaven and that's all he cared about doing. And remarkably, when you look at John the Baptist's ministry, It was very, very short, and he spent his whole life getting ready for that, you know, living in the wilderness, being prepared for this time, this very short period of time where he would proclaim the coming of the Messiah and get the people of Israel ready to receive Jesus, and then shortly after his ministry begins, he's put into prison, and yet Jesus said that he was the greatest Old Covenant prophet, that he was greatest of the prophets of the Old Covenant. And so sometimes our metric for success is very different from heaven's metric, and really the only metric that matters is the metric that God uses. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37, it says, Who has spoken, and it came to pass, unless the Lord has commanded it? In Psalm 40, verses 7 to 8, it says, Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart, and Jesus. This is what Jesus said about Himself: that I have come to do the things written about Me in the Law and the Prophets, and in the Psalms, and in Hebrews chapter ten, it quotes that again, talking about Jesus that He said, "Behold, I have come." to do the things written of me. And I believe that the things written in the law and the prophets and the psalms were first declared in heaven, and they were communicated to mankind. and, And man was inspired and led along by the Holy Spirit and wrote these things down. But that these things begin in the mind of God, in the declarations of heaven. And so as we consider what's next for us, where are we going? What are our goals? You know, it's the beginning of the year. It's the time when people set goals, the time when people make resolutions. And since getting into the real estate business, I am inundated with emails about goal setting and time management. And yet no one has yet to ask me this question. What is God saying about your life for 2021? What has heaven written in its books for you for this year? And You know, this could apply to our whole lives. This could apply to this year. This could apply to today. This could apply to the next hour. What has heaven written in its books for me for the next hour? What will I do with my life, with this year, with this day, with this hour, with this minute, with this moment in time? What will I do that will resonate throughout all eternity? And what activities are happening in my life that are going to be burned up that are totally vain, that have no eternal consequence. And we have to use the standard of heaven. I think sometimes we're tempted to apply a worldly standard for what we think is truly important. But Jesus said, uh, if you give a cup of cold water to someone because they're my disciple, you will not lose your reward. And so Jesus has this different standard. Heaven has a different standard of greatness. In Mark chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus says, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. And so the standard of greatness in heaven is different than the standard of greatness according to Forbes magazine, or according to the Wall Street Journal, or according to the New York Times, or, or any, basically any media outlet out there. I mean, if we follow the world, the, it's astonishing, I think, if we think about it objectively, it's kind of amazing that you can fill stadiums with people to watch people kick a ball around or throw a ball around. I mean, it's pretty arbitrary. You know, like, why do we get together in such massive numbers, spend crazy amounts of money, all the time, all the energy, all the finances that go into playing a game, watching a game, and why Why that game? Like, why do we get together to watch football and not watch people play Red Rover? You know, the, the game... We played in elementary school where you had to run and break through the people holding hands. Like, why not get together and, you know, hundreds of thousands of screaming fans to watch people play kickball instead of baseball? Like, it's it's kind of random the things our world values. And if we follow those values, we're going to be led astray. Jesus said that wide is the path that leads to death, narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. And even Christians fall into this trap of bigger is better, and we have our our Christian culture with our own celebrities and our own uh, labels of what we think success is and what greatness looks like. But Christ, his standard is to become less, to serve, to give a cup of cold water. And so we don't achieve heaven's purposes for our life By following the crowd, by buying into what the rest of the world is doing, by seeking greatness according to the standards that are pushed on us by people who are not prioritizing intimacy with God, by people who are not prioritizing God's kingdom, seeing God's reign manifested on earth, by people who are not seeking first God's kingdom, not seeking first his righteousness, and yet, if we're not careful, those ideas will shape our own values. The culture at large will influence us instead of us influencing them and will buy in to these lies that this is the metric of success and this is uh, what I should pursue versus living out of a place of surrender, living out of a place of dependence and looking to God to know how we should spend our time how we should spend our lives what has heaven written about me what are the good works that god has prepared beforehand that i might walk in them and so a fair question to ask would be well if there are things written about me in heaven's books things that god has prepared for me to do how do i get access to those books how do i know the good things that god has prepared for me In Colossians chapter 1, Paul is praying for these believers in Colossae, and he says in verse 9, he says, I have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And so what we need is that spiritual wisdom and understanding that we might be filled with with the knowledge of God's will. It's not just doing whatever happens and God's will automatically comes to pass in our lives and we just go with the flow. No, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is entered into with violence, not physical violence against other human beings, but we have to be violent in our pursuit of God's reign in our life. We have to put to death the things in us that oppose God's reign. We have to seek him out. In Matthew 16, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. So we have to set our mind on the things of God, like Colossians 3 says, we set our mind not on earthly things, but on the things that are above. In 1 John 2, verse 6, it says, whoever claims to abide in him must walk as Jesus walked. And As I mentioned before, Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing. So Christ's life flowed out of his intimacy with the Father. His ministry was born out of his deep connection with the Father. In Luke chapter 5, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, to desolate places, and prayed by himself. And so Christ cultivated this interior life, this connection with God, this attentiveness to what God was doing around him. And in 1 John, we get this exhortation that if we're going to abide in him, we have to walk as Jesus did. We also have to cultivate this interior life, this attentiveness to God's presence in our life and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, "'For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. So Paul says that his conduct in the world was with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God. And so being led by the Holy Spirit, cultivating an interior life that is connected to God, that's attentive to God that's listening for God's direction all the time is foolishness to this world people would say that that is a waste of time that that's ridiculous that you ought to you know plan your work and work your plan And uh, I'm all for working hard. I think we can honor God in our work when we work unto the Lord. But the kingdom of God is not entered into by earthly wisdom. We are not going to experience the fullness of God's reign in our life through earthly wisdom, but through that spiritual wisdom. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And then later in verse 23, he says, But be renewed in the spirit of your mind to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So this idea of being led by the Spirit, not simply living like an unsaved person lives where they are just led by their own thoughts, their own mind. They are autonomous And they're making decisions for themselves about what is good and what is evil and how to conduct their lives and how to spend their time, how to go about their day. Uh, That is not how we learned Christ, but we are to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, that our mind is being renewed, that is, to, to make something new or to make something like it was originally, to be made new again, so that our mind is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that we have the mind of Christ through the Spirit living in us, and that we can access God's wisdom through the Spirit, and we can be led by the Holy Spirit, and God can order our day, and our day can be centered around fulfilling heaven's purposes for us. So I would like to encourage you just to take a moment and reflect and pray and ask God and to take a moment and and ask, God, what is written in your books about me? Psalm 139, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Go ahead and just ask God, God, what is written in your book for me? What are the purposes that you created me for? What are the good works that you have prepared for me that I should walk in them? Let's just take a minute and turn to the Lord and ask the Lord and make our hearts attentive to him. God's will is that the whole earth be filled with the knowledge of his glory, that the kingdom of God fill the earth, that his goodness, the goodness of his rule and his reign fill the whole earth, that all of earth, all of the visible realm be joined with all of heaven, all of the invisible realm through his son, Jesus Christ. And as we give ourselves to that purpose, God will reveal to us our specific role And for some people, it's going to be a very high profile role where lots of people see what they're doing and they get acknowledgement from many, many people. But for most of us, it's going to be invisible to this world. It's going to be anonymous and it's going to be hidden until the judgment day when Christ reveals all things. And at that moment, our faithfulness will be seen and Christ will reward us. And discovering God's will for our life is not a one-time, one-and-done thing. I got it, and now I'm going to go execute this plan that God gave me. The whole point is to walk in moment-to-moment dependence. That is the plan. That is the will of God for our life, that we learn how to cultivate moment-to-moment dependence and delight in our connection with Him in our fellowship with Him and our relationship with Him that Jesus Christ provided by taking our sin on the cross so that we could become the righteousness of God, so that we could be included in his family and be part of his eternal kingdom reign on the earth. Thanks be to God. So as you go through this day, as you go through this year, as you go through your life, I just want to encourage you to continually turn your heart back to the Lord and say, God, what is your purpose for me? What is it that you desire? I walk in. And he will lead you, and the Lord will be faithful to show you. Jesus is our good shepherd, and he leads us. He leads the sheep of his flock. His sheep know his voice, and we follow him. But we have to remember that first and foremost, we are called to belong to him. We're called to love him and to delight in him and to just be his. And out of belonging to him, out of him possessing us, then we can become a blessing to the nations and we can become a light in the darkness and we can become healing to the sick and deliverance to the oppressed and freedom for those in bondage. And God is going to use you in that way. God is going to make you a blessing to the nations. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.